Welcome to episode 17 of Fearless Rebel Radio. In today's episode, I interview Allison Nichols, holistic health and nutrition counselor and the founder of Frisky Lemon Nutrition. We talk all about how to enjoy the holidays and eat like a normal person. So how to listen to your inner body cues and cultivate forgiveness instead of stressing over food and oh my god, I just ate a whole pie. How to change your mindset to ditch the all or nothing mentality that leads to quote unquote throwing in the towel in December. Why your fear of losing control actually drives you to lose control and how to ditch that fear. The best way to make sustainable change instead of falling victim to the starting over in January mentality and whether or not you should make New Year's resolutions plus so much more. But first, I want to tell you that the next cycle of the 21 Step Body Image Remix starts January 1st, and this will be one January program that will actually change your life because it's going to teach you how to embrace your body and unleash the fierce, confident woman within. Head to bodyimageremix.com for more details and to sign up. As always, you can head to summerinanin.com or summerthenutritionist.com to get my free Rule Breakers Starter Kit, which includes my ebook and a ton of other freebies to help you ditch the diet mentality and love your body. All right, let's get started with the show. Do you know where you are? You're in Fearless Rebel Radio, baby. I am your host, Summer Inanin, a certified nutritional practitioner, diet rebel, and food lover on a mission to help you feel hot damn fearless in your body. Fearless Rebel Radio is here to empower you to defy the standards and break the rules in order to radiate confidence, relish in your uniqueness, and live life fearlessly on your own terms. Every episode, I will help you to do this by sharing practical advice, not-so-PG-rated rants, and interviews with Fearless Rebel guests. Welcome to the show. Hey everyone, I'm really excited about my guest here today. She's actually someone that I have been virtual buddies with since I started blogging, which I was trying to remember when that was, but I I honestly think it was like five, six years ago now. I think actually six years ago. I think we gave each other kind of like a virtual high five and we've been following each other ever since. I have on the show today, Allison Nichols. Allison is a certified holistic health and nutrition counselor and the founder of Frisky Lemon Nutrition. She specializes in empowering women to cultivate a happy, healthy relationship with food and to find food freedom and to have a more vibrant, natural energy by creating a personalized food routine. She coaches her clients to use food as a tool to nourish their whole self and supports them to create a balanced, self-loving, sustainable lifestyle in which eating is fun and always enjoyable. Welcome to the show, Allison. Thank you. You know, I totally forgot about when we first met. That was when you were writing, was it Cosmopolitan Paleo? But yeah, Girl? Cosmopolitan Primal Girl. Yeah. <laughs> which I think sometimes still gets more hits than my my, my current website. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's how, we, yeah, like I think you sent me an email and we just kind of went back and forth and then, I don't know, I've been following you ever since. and Yeah. 
that was when I first started my blog too, as a way to chronicle my experience through my nutrition program. So yeah, I think that I've been following you since then too. Yeah. Funny, eh? And we've never actually, this is the first time we've spoken as Mm -hmm. humans and not computers. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's cool. I'm excited to get to know you better and to chat with you today. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. Um, so before we get started and, you know, cause I won't dying to know more about your story as well, but why don't you tell everyone a bit more about yourself and how you got to where you are today? Sure. So how I got to where I am today, I guess my story is similar to a lot of the people that you've had on the podcast in that I grew up and I was an athlete all through school. I was a, I threw the shot put and the hammer on track and I ran cross country and I was a ballet dancer all through high school and college. So I was always really active. And I found that, you know, going when you're younger doing those things, you grow up with a certain idea of what you're supposed to look like. And so being a dancer, I always had this idea that I was supposed to look a certain way and my body never cooperated. So that was a big source of frustration for me. It bothered me for a really long time. So I would do everything I could to try and look like I thought I was supposed to look, which was like a skinny, thin ballet dancer when really I'm built more like a weightlifter. Mm -hmm. So I would do a lot of cardio, you know, everything the magazines tell you to do to lose weight, running, spending hours on the elliptical machine. And I never touch weights in my off season because I didn't want to get bulky. I became a vegetarian because I wanted to look like a vegetarian. Mm, Okay. Uh, Like a lot of people do in their, I think I was at like 18 or 19. And I really believe that meat was fattening and meat was why I couldn't look the way I wanted to look. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so I had all of these, all of these things going on and it was when I was younger and, you know, you have a metabolism that kind of makes up for what you're doing to yourself. Um, but then once I graduated from college, these, those habits translated into, um, eating not very well. Like they, I think when I moved away from home and away from school and my friends, Um, the eating habits got a little more intense and I would probably eat a reduced fat blueberry muffin for, from Dunkin' Donuts for breakfast and lunch. I would make that muffin span both meals. I drank so much coffee, probably like three large Dunkin' Donuts coffees a day with three Splenda each. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) I know. I like lived on coffee with skim milk and Splenda and uh, would go to the gym all the time, spend hours on the elliptical, and I was doing a lot of musical theater at the time. So I would go from work to the gym to like a two or three hour rehearsal where you're singing and dancing. And then I'd get home and I'd eat like a bowl of cereal for dinner. And that was what I considered to be like a good day where I was exercising all day long and eating nothing. And of course, that caught up with me, especially the Splenda. Now that I look back, I think that was the source of most of my gastrointestinal problems because I had some horrible digestion. I was really unhappy, always uncomfortable. And everything changed when I discovered CrossFit, which I discovered through my my boyfriend. He When we started dating, he reintroduced me to weightlifting kind of in the conventional sense. We used to go to Gold's together and lift weights. Nice. And then, <laughs> yeah. And that kind of reintroduced me to clean eating and eating more food, you know, using food as fuel a little bit. And then when I discovered CrossFit and paleo, everything kind of clicked and I was able to 
create the food routine that I have right now through a lot of years of experimentation with paleo and eating foods within that paleo framework. And one of the things I felt was so useful in this, in my, my own transformation was finding a way of moving that I felt I was like I was made for, you know, so weightlifting and CrossFit. When I got into that community, all of a sudden I was surrounded by women who looked like me and who liked to have big muscles and who were really embracing their shape and using their strength for something that they loved. And that really helped me transition into eating or eating better and using food as fuel and transforming my relationship with with my body and with food. Yeah, that's awesome. And then did you always want to be a health coach or did that kind of was that, you know, did that change as you sort of rediscovered the benefits of, you know, food and and you know, finding an activity that you really like and you wanted to channel that into doing something different? Yeah, I think I always had an inkling that I wanted to do something with nutrition just because I've thought about food for so much of my life, not always in a good way, but food has always been kind of one of those things I think about all the time. And a lot of my transformation happened while I was going through school to become a health coach. So I kind of coached myself into the place I am today in the very beginning. But I think I wanted to be able to support women that had the same kind of issues as me with body image and with food and healing their relationship with food. So I think I always knew that I wanted to do that even before I'd healed my own relationship with food. I knew I wanted to be there for women that were going through the same struggles as me. And so that is one of the reasons why I became a health coach. Cool. Where I have to ask you this, where does frisky lemon come from? (laughs) Yeah, I get that a lot because it doesn't really, it does, it's not an overtly easy to follow name, but okay. So frisky lemon comes from, I wanted to capture something that capture a name of the blog that, um, okay. Let me think about that. Cause I think and it's you, really cute. <laughs> oh yeah. Thank you. So it comes from, you know, when life hands you lemons make lemonade. So kind of having fun with the lemons that life hands you. So when life hands you lemons get frisky, that was my thinking behind it. So trying to make good things come out of the seemingly not so great things in your life. Oh, cool. Okay. Nice. (laughs) I just was wondering if that was like a a nickname for you when you were young or something. And that's why it transpired into the name of the blog I oh I actually you know obviously now I've wondered that for years Mm -hmm. (laughs) so I'm glad I asked yeah (laughs) so yeah let's um let's dive right in here and I know we were kind of like emailing about this before but this Mm -hmm. I mean this episode is going to air the beginning of December so I thought it would be like really really cool for us to kind of talk about you know, managing the holidays and managing like the you know New Year's resolution um, uh, shit show, I'll call it. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, so yeah, let's talk about the holidays. I mean, you know, this is top of mind for many people and, uh, I know, you know, in America it's Thanksgiving this weekend too, which Mm -hmm. this is going to air after Thanksgiving, but so, which is crazy to me because then it's basically you guys have like the whole month of December as like holiday season and so people are either starting to freak out about you know totally sabotaging themselves or they're already you know trying to like make plans to get back on track when January rolls around and I know you probably see this with your clients too but what is you know what kind of advice do you have for people who always 
quote-unquote sabotage themselves over the holidays like how can they better manage themselves without totally you know throwing in the towel yeah that's a great question because I used to be one of those people that it's really I wanted to stay on my diet during the holidays and I saw the holidays as an inconvenience because I would be forced to go to places where I wouldn't have complete control over the food I was eating Mm -hmm. so it it adds so much stress to the holiday season. And I find that, you know, the message throughout the holidays is that you want to be able to spread joy and cultivate these feelings of gratitude and spend time with family and friends. So it's just doubly or triply stressful when you know you're supposed to be feeling really great this time of year, but you're so stressed out about what you're going to eat next kind of can ruin the whole thing. Um, And especially it doesn't help that a lot of our our traditions are centered around food. I mean, we have Thanksgiving, which is, you know, the whole holiday of Thanksgiving is centered around that meal and eating that Thanksgiving dinner. And it's the same with Christmas and Hanukkah. You're celebrating, but a lot of the celebrations you're sharing with people are centered around food. So it can make it really stressful. Yeah. And I think my advice is really to try and find balance this time of year and that balance between feeling like you can only eat healthy foods or, you know, you have to stick with the veggies and the whole foods at those Christmas parties. So finding a balance between those feelings that you need to restrict yourself to just the quote unquote healthy foods and a balance between just totally not stopping, stopping listening to your body and eating whatever you want. Although eating, you know, everything that you want and an entire pie isn't necessarily a bad thing. Mm -hmm. So I usually coach my clients to find this balance by listening to their inner body cues. I do a lot of talking on my vlog about inner body cues. Um, And to me, those inner body cues are how hungry you are, how full you are, or how satisfied you are, and what your cravings are. Um, And the more you're aware of your body and how hungry you are and what you actually want to eat, um, you can make a conscious decision about your food choices. So if you know that you're going to this party and you're, you know, you're a little bit hungry and you really are in the mood for that pumpkin pie, you can make that conscious decision to eat the pie. Um, so I find that making that conscious decision after tuning into those body cues is a lot easier because you're aware of what you're doing. It kind of brings it to the forefront. And I know it's all about balance and forgiveness. And the forgiveness part is something that you talk about on the podcast quite a bit with your guests because it's so important to intuitive eating and to building that good, healthy relationship with food. Um, because even, you know, even when you're aware and you're making the conscious decision to eat something, it doesn't mean that things will always go the way that you plan. So it's about being kind to yourself and forgiving. And I think you said it in one of your podcasts, moving the hell on. Yeah. That's what, That's yeah. what I call it. <laughs> yeah. So I find that the best advice I could give to someone that who feels like they always sabotage themselves is to be kind to yourself, be forgetting, but don't forget to listen to your body and tune into what it's really asking for. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, a huge part of that is this, like this idea of, um, uh, you know, that restriction is going to be coming, 
Mm-hmm. You know, like we're trained to think that like January is a reset. Like, okay, well, I'll just get back on track in January. So as soon as you start to like send your brain those signals, then of course you're going to crack out on food because mm-hmm. that's like a normal biological response. You know, when you whenever you restrict yourself, deny yourself, like send that your body these messages that like famine is coming then of course your body is going to like want to eat everything in sight and it's like it's amazing when you know you can actually just let go and and really truly embrace this idea of like eating what you want in the moment um it's amazing how that can achieve like this balance that you're talking about Mm-hmm. where it doesn't have to be, you know, black or white, like I'm on my plan or I'm off my plan. It's just, you're just living in the moment day to day. And, you know, if you want that pumpkin pie, then maybe you have that pumpkin pie. But if you don't, you don't. And you can have it, you know, next week if you decide you really want one. Or you can have it in June if you decide that's when you want pumpkin pie. Yeah. And I think it's, it's a scary thing for a lot of people to hear that, you know, your health coach wants you to eat whatever you want to eat, especially when you're coming from that background of restriction. But I always tell people it does get easier and it doesn't need to be scary because it is, if you're used to restricting yourself all the time, it can be really scary to have someone tell you that you can eat whatever you want because you feel like you're just going to be out of control. But I do think that once you take the time to get to know yourself and have that conversation with that little inner voice um, and really know what your body's asking for, it makes those choices less scary and they come much easier. Yeah. And I think, you know, eating whatever you want kind of gets misconstrued as like eating what's forbidden, but it's actually just your body has this really, really cool way of, of kind of telling you what it needs. And if you actually really lean into it and trust it, you're going to find it tells you to eat things like salad and, you know, salmon and things like that. You know, people are shocked and that, but it's just because we've been like so used to tuning that out or not trusting ourselves that, um, you know, that it's, it's really, it is, it is hard to let go, but, um, yeah, I mean, you know, I think that if, you know, the more that people can kind of dive right into it and actually trust, you know, trust themselves, but also look for signals, like not just like for forbidden foods, like it's not a free pass to just eat, you know, like cake and cupcakes. And I mean, some people do go through that if they've had like a lot of chronic restriction, but you Mm -hmm. know, that's a totally different kind of subject. But just in general, um, you know, people find, I find with my clients, at least they actually come to me and they're like, I'm actually eating healthier than I was before when I'm eating whatever Mm -hmm. I want. I'm like, I know, isn't it cool? (laughs) Cause you're not binging on everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, like, you know, people who've been chronic dieters or, or, you know, quote unquote, like feel like they don't have control over food. They really, you know, get worried before social events. Like they're terrified of losing control and that they're going to eat, you know, everything in sight. But it's, you know, it's that fear that actually drives them to eat everything. So, you know, do you have any like specific tactics for someone to like to help someone kind of, you know, let go of that fear and to just, you know, live in the moment and go with the flow? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the stress of worrying about losing control makes, I feel like it's kind of the, the law of attraction, you know, when you're imagining something that energy comes to you. However, 
hippy dippy that sounds, but when you're worried about losing control, I think it makes you more likely to lose control. Um, so I personally, whenever I'm running into those feelings of being, you know, a little intimidated by that holiday party or a social event, I always set an intention when I'm getting ready. So I'll kind of think about what it's going to be like when I'm there, what my options will be, the people I'm going to see, the mood it's going to, the mood that's going to be like, and set an intention to enjoy myself um, when I get there. And just by thinking through it a little bit and setting that intention, you know, just even if it's an affirmation that you say to yourself, Mm -hmm. um, it can kind of change the way you think about it. Even if you don't believe it in in the beginning, I run into that a lot with people because I'm really big into affirmations. That's right. You always have the daily (laughs) affirmation on Facebook. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I found that I've been able to make myself feel really good and relieve a lot of my stress through affirmation. So I kind of, that's the first thing that comes to mind, obviously, when I'm working with someone, because it's something that's worked for me. And when I first started using the affirmations, I didn't necessarily believe them when I said them. But then the more you say them, the more you believe them, and the more you focus on them, the more positive energy you can cultivate and kind of bring that positive energy back to you, if that makes sense. Yeah. So... I think going into a situation with an intention to enjoy yourself and some of those little affirmations up your sleeve, um, that's always a good idea. And always, you know, checking in with yourself to see, you know, like I said, how hungry you are before you get there and just get to know what your body is looking for in that moment so that you can be prepared. And I always remind myself, I always remind myself that one evening or one event of eating things I don't usually eat won't kill me. And it won't really even have that big of an impact on me reaching my goals because it's not the food itself that gets you. It's the guilt you feel afterwards. So Mm -hmm. feeling guilt for days afterwards or trying to make up for what you ate at that party is what's going to keep you stuck in that negative cycle. And that I think is the the real problem, not necessarily the food you eat, but the guilt you'll feel and feeling stuck in that cycle. So I think reminding yourself that one event, even if you, you go in with the intention to eat the healthy foods and have one piece of pie, if you go in and you eat, again, all the pie, do you see how there's a theme there with all the pie? Because I feel like that's something that I do every year is I'll <laughs> eat an entire pumpkin pie. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so just reminding yourself that you don't need to make up for it the next day because it's not it's not a bad thing. The bad thing is when you feel that guilt about it and it weighs you down and keeps you stuck. Yeah, yeah. I mean, guilt, like, you know, guilt has been shown to, uh, you know, deplete self-control and contribute to stress and, and deplete motivation. So it's it's amazing how much people think it actually motivates them. But it's, mm-hmm. it's like, you kind of have to check in with yourself and be like, how has that really worked for you so far? Yeah. Um, you know, and if you and because it, it is, it's hard. I mean, it's hard to, to really just you know, to, to move on because you're so conditioned to feel bad about it. And you think that feeling bad about it is what's going to get you like, quote unquote, back on track. But the reality is, is that um, it, it doesn't, it, it hinders it, it makes it worse. And it keeps, mm-hmm. like you said, it keeps you stuck in that cycle. Yeah. So do you actually, I well, uh, do you have any favorite daily affirmations? Like, which, do you have any, like, favorite ones that you always kind of lean on or use? Or do you, do you constantly change it up? Hmm. Um, I, I think I, I change it up pretty, pretty much all the time. But one that I go back to is 
Um, and this I think relates more to me as a business owner than to me as like a, as, um, as a coach and like the eating piece, but just telling, reminding yourself that you're successful and that you're always moving forward and doing positive things. I guess that can translate into how you're healing your relationship with food. So I always affirm that I am, I'm intelligent and I'm successful. And I think that that, that always puts me in, in the right, in the right mood. Cause a lot of like my source of stress is surrounding success. So <laughs> Yeah, of course. Yeah. But trust me, I know. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But yeah, I think another one is I'm I'm big into the law of attraction. And have you ever read the book, The The Power or The Secret? You know what? No, I haven't. And I feel like maybe my mom gave me a copy a really long time ago and I never read it. And now I don't even know where it is. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what happened to me. I think that my mom or dad gave me a copy and I had it for years and years. And then when I was transitioning out of my full-time job and into opening my health coaching practice, I found it Mm -hmm. and it totally changed the way I looked at the job I was in. And I always encourage people to read that book or take a look at it because if they're not happy in their current situation, because it's a great book to kind of change the way you you're thinking about your situation. Cause ultimately you can't change the people that are kind of making you feel this way, but you can change how you feel about them. And I think that can also translate into your food. You know, you're, you're not necessarily going to, you can change how you feel about food does that make sense? Yeah, it's well, it, no, 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 totally, totally. Um, I mean, well, it's, it's like the foundation of what I teach. So yeah, like, you know, mm-hmm. I fully believe that you can, you know, you, you, you can't, you can't control like the way people are going to react and you can't control like your circumstances, but you can, you know, you do have control of kind of like how you can react and, and think about them. And, and that's mm-hmm. where like that powerful change can really, can really happen. Um, at least that's what I think you were trying to say. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I'll have to. I'll have to read it. Like if you, if you're giving it two thumbs up, I'll um, add it to my list because I do, I do totally um, buy into that stuff and like you know the like manifestation, um, you know principles and philosophies and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. um, I do totally uh, believe that as well as the the affirmations. I think you know for me like one of the biggest ones if people are just you know looking for ones to kind of incorporate is and this like runs in my head honestly all day like all the time is just food is just food it's really not that big of a deal you can have Mm -hmm. it anytime you want um and that has like honestly probably been like one of the life-changing affirmations for me because as soon as I was like oh yeah food is just food it's really not that big of a deal and I can have it anytime I want I no longer felt that urge to you know eat the entire box of turtles like I can honestly have it sitting around I can have one and I just don't even think about it because I'm like it's just food it's there and I can have more later if I want so Mm -hmm. um so yeah and I think you know what you were talking about is just bringing awareness to yourself in the situation. I think so often we become like almost unconscious in those social situations and those events. Like we really like, you know, feeling like we have no control or just we're so, um, you know, like we just lack that consciousness. So it's just about bringing the awareness to it, like taking a step back, taking a few minutes, like set your intention, think about, you know, like how you want to react to things and just take a minute to actually think about the food, look at the food and think about what you really want. Yeah, I think a big thing, a big theme for me is making conscious decisions. So really 
bringing that awareness to the situation and making the conscious decision, even if it is the conscious decision to eat whatever junk you want to eat, you're still making that conscious decision and not just mindlessly going in a blur and eating all the the things you don't usually eat. Yeah, totally. So I know that for some people, you know, the holidays like can be really stressful. You know, they're either their calendars are packed, they feel overwhelmed, uh, or, you know, they're getting anxious about spending time with family because that's not always pleasant for them. Um, And, you know, often that means they turn to food for comfort, which is really abundant during this time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what are your suggestions for people who tend to be, you know, super stressed? and eat more emotionally during the holidays? Well, I, if you're going to use food for comfort, which I often do because, you know, food can be comforting, uh, I try to be mindful and, again, make that conscious decision to use food for comfort because you know that food won't solve your problems. It won't make your traveling less stressful and it won't make figuring out what gift to get your husband less stressful but it, it will make you feel better. It does have that power to make you feel better in the moment. So I think if you're going to choose to comfort yourself with food, just be aware that you're not, that you're not, or try not to use food to hide from your problems, you know, acknowledge that there is something else going on, but then consciously choose to eat the food to make yourself feel better. So as long as I'm, I know for myself, as long as I'm not using food to hide from my problems, I'm totally fine with using food for comfort. But that being said, I also think it's really important to have those non-food ways of comforting and relieving your stress. Um, Things like taking walks or going and hanging out with your friends, going and getting a coffee or taking a yoga class, going to the gym, or you could do what I do and have a Netflix marathon of all the amazing preteen television shows there are out there like Pretty Little Liars and Vampire Diaries. <laughs> oh my God, we would have so much fun together. <laughs> no, that I know it sounds like mindless and weird, but that's like my stress relief is to curl up on the couch with my iPad and watch all the Vampire Diaries or all the Veronica Mars episodes. Oh, nice. So I think it's important to have a way of relieving your stress that doesn't relate to food. And it's also important to really make time for yourself this holiday season and to make time for the things that you enjoy. Because I think we spend a lot of this time of year thinking about other people and focusing on giving to other people and you forget about yourself. So I think it's also really important to focus on giving to yourself um, and just, you know, taking that time to find something that you enjoy and do that as your, your stress relief. And I think you know, stress relief is a lot like your diet. There's no one way of eating that works for everyone. Just like there's no one way of relieving your stress that works for everyone. So it's going to look a little bit different for everybody. Yeah, totally. I'm so with you on the uh, Netflix teen dramas. That's Mm -hmm. really funny. Sometimes I'm embarrassed because I'm like a 35 year old woman (laughs) who loves TV shows that are watched by 16 year old girls. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's all right. Whatever. I own it. But um, yeah, no, I totally like it's it's so true in terms of what you said about, you know, we put everyone else first and it's it's really important to take that time. And and I think it's OK to, you know, to say no and to set boundaries and to have mm-hmm. like the necessary timeouts that you need to get to keep yourself to keep yourself grounded. Um, you know, you don't have to be everything for everyone. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about uh, January. You know, this Mm -hmm. is like, quote unquote, diet season. And I'm getting 
my handcuffs ready to prevent me from sledgehammering my TV when I see all the diet commercials. <laughs> mm-hmm. Maybe I'll stick to Netflix instead. But uh, <laughs> do you think there's anything wrong with like, quote unquote, starting over in January? Mm. I don't think there's anything wrong with setting goals to do things in January. But when you say starting over, it for some reason, it just makes me feel so sad yeah. because it makes me feel like everything before January was a failure. You know, you had you failed. So now you have to start all over. And I know it makes me sad because it's definitely not true. Um, and I, I always tell my clients in myself, I always have to remind myself of this, too, that there's no such thing as mistakes or failures when it comes to food and eating. Um, it's really only learning experiences. So even if you feel like, you know, everything you did up until January was totally off the rails and you ate all this stuff you didn't want to eat or you didn't, you don't usually eat, there's something to be learned from that experience. So it was important in some way to how you'll eventually shape your ideal food routine. So I don't look at things like that as mistakes or anything that you need to start over from, um, And I also think that feeling like you have to start over, we might have already mentioned this, but can perpetuate those feelings of guilt about how you ate. Because if you feel like there's something like you failed and you need to start over, you obviously feel bad about what you did um, in January or in December during the holiday season. So I guess I would say there's nothing wrong with setting new goals for January, but I always focus on building on all of the good work I've already done rather than feeling like I've ruined things and I need to start over. Yeah. So focusing on even, like I said, that learning experience. So you you ate all those things you didn't eat. There's a reason why you did that and you can learn something from that and move forward. So the next time it happens, you have that piece of information to maybe think about it a little bit differently and or maybe make the choice not to do it because you have that information from doing it. Yeah, I love that. That's one of the things, you know, I always say that you're like, you know, there's never any failures, like it's only, Mm -hmm. you know, lessons to be learned along the way. And I think that, you know, thinking about things from that perspective, like you said, it it really alleviates that guilt. And that's, um, it's so important. And I think that, you know, the end of the year does often bring up feelings of failure, because you you know, we're encouraged to kind of set these like monumental resolutions that Mm -hmm. you never follow through on. And then by the time the end of December rolls around, you're like, okay, I'm at the exact same spot as I was a year ago. Like I never did start that gratitude journal or start that meditation. So, you know, what's your advice to help people actually make changes that stick and sustainable changes? Yeah, I changes changes hard and I think it's hard to find the right changes that are right for you like you said this time of year you're encouraged to make crazy resolutions and most people give up on those resolutions within a week or two of of starting them and I think that the reason that you didn't try yoga or you didn't keep that gratitude journal was maybe because you actually weren't that into those things and maybe you wanted to be but you just weren't and that's okay um because the experience of not doing it is a positive experience because it tells you something about yourself, kind of like what I just mentioned, you know, that's what I tell my clients when we come up with a recommendation and 
at their next session they haven't even tried it at all or they couldn't stick with it, it's not a reflection on them as a person. It just means that it wasn't the right recommendation for them at the time. So it's important to find things that you're intrinsically motivated to do. And that's why I think building on the good, all the good things that you've already put in place and making those small small goals or small resolutions is a much better way to do it than try to make those monumental goals. They can be good if they're the right one for you, but they're often not the right one if they're something that you've seen on TV or something that your friend is trying. Yeah. And I think it's also important to know that you can set goals at any time of the year. (laughs) And if January doesn't feel right and you're just like, you know what, I just want to whatever, do nothing for the month of January or just keep status quo you're fine. <laughs> yeah. You know, you got to kind of like feel that in in yourself, like you said, like that intrinsic nature of it. Mm-hmm. So how do you personally deal with slumps and motivation in uh, motivation or like those periods of time where you just don't feel like doing anything? It's a good question. Um, because I was thinking about this and I don't know if this is a cop out, but I the kind I kind of do this thing where if I don't feel like doing something, I just won't do it. And I'll tell myself it's because it's not the right time or I'm not meant to do it that day. So like if I have a heavy squat day planned, which are my favorite kind of workouts and I get to my workout time and I just don't feel like doing it, you know, it's get, I need to work up that motivation. I won't do it. And I'll take that as a sign that my body needs a break and I'll plan it for another day. And it's the same way I feel about, food choices, as long as I'm listening to my body, if I don't feel like eating any vegetables, I won't because I know, I know myself and I know that if I force myself to do something, then I'll resent it and then I'll rebel in one way or another. So I think my way of keeping up motivation is really allowing myself to not do things if I don't want to do them instead of trying to force myself to push through it because it probably isn't the right time if I'm not feeling like I want to. I don't want to ruin it by forcing myself to do it. I want to want to do it, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. I love it. It's like completely yeah. probably the opposite of what most people think. You know, we're we're so conditioned to like push through and, you know, do it regardless. And, mm-hmm. you know, you, you suck if you don't do it. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's giving – it's actually like just, you know, giving yourself permission to not do it. And then – and the, you know, the clouds lift. You know, I think that – you know, we always think that everything has to always be kind of like consistent and we're always improving and we're always, you know, succeeding. But it's like, that's just not the reality. It just, you know, things are going to go up and down and you have to, you know, have good ways of dealing with the slump. And a good way to deal with the slump is to just, you know, take it for what it is. It's a slump and take some time Mm -hmm. off. Yeah. And I think that's something that I try to tell clients too. If there's something they don't feel like doing, have a conversation with yourself and see why it is because you're going to learn something from that. Mm -hmm. Um, There was a time in my life where I ran a lot and I trained for an eight mile run and trained and trained and trained. And then we ran that eight, an eight mile race. And then the next day I was like, I quit. I'm not doing this anymore. And I didn't run for like, or work out at all for about a year because I was so burnt out but I knew somewhere in my head that I would want to do it again just because I'm an active person. But I had been so burnt out from exercising and running that I just needed that break. That, and it was a whole year where I just walked. I didn't really even do any kind of exercise. 
And then one day I just decided to start doing some exercises that I read in like shape magazine. And then I built on that. And now I am where I am today because I wanted to be here at this point. So I think it's also important to remind yourself that if you don't want to do it, it's not going to kill you. You know, one day of not exercising isn't going to kill you. Just kind of, kind of like how one day of what I like to call unusual eating won't totally derail you. Yeah. Or as you, or as you did, you took a whole year, one year, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think sometimes like you have to do that. I, um, yeah, I recently like had to just back off exercise almost entirely because I was, you know, moving and uprooting my life and like, you know, also, um, doing a, like a launch with my business. And it was just like, Mm -hmm. it was just, I was so burnt out, but instead of, you know, pushing through or beating myself up, you know, I was just like, you know what, it's just, I, this is what my body needs right now. And I know it'll come back and I know I'll want to do it again. And, and now I do want to do it again. And you know what, like, I don't even, my weight really didn't change that much. Mm -hmm. And that's, what's really cool about trusting yourself. Yeah. (laughs) Everything will kind of work out. Um, so paleo is obviously, you know, like the diet of the, of the day, the the diet du jour. And so many people are going to probably like, quote unquote, go paleo or, you know, commit to a paleo challenge in January. And you wrote a really good post called the problem with paleo. So can you kind of just, you know, talk about that? um, Why it is, you know, a problem and how can how people can figure out what works for them? Yeah. Um, So The problem with paleo isn't what you think. And let me just say, I'm a big fan of the paleo diet as a catchy marketing ploy to get people to experiment with eating whole foods. Um, And I think paleo is great because I I think it's really important to experiment with eating whole foods and avoiding those inflammatory foods if you've never done it before just to see how you feel, because if you never try it, you'll never know how you could feel. And I'm sure you know from your experience with clients that a lot of people discover that certain foods are making them feel a certain way, and mm-hmm. they would never would have known unless they avoided that food for a certain time. Totally. Yeah. So I think the problem with paleo is the name, the label itself. So paleo is a great place to start this framework that includes all those whole foods and avoids grains, legumes, dairy, and added sugar. Um, But the problem with paleo is when people start avoiding foods just because they're not quote unquote paleo, because there are plenty of foods out there that are good for you that aren't technically paleo. Mm -hmm. And just because it's not paleo doesn't mean it's not healthy. So the real problem with paleo is that it's called paleo at all. Um, Because I think your ideal diet is going to be different. You know, it's going to be everyone, everyone's a little bit different. So everyone's ideal food routine is going to be a little bit different and only, you know, what works for you. So it's important to take what you learn from that paleo starting place and build on it to create, um, your own food routine. Yeah. And I think that's such a huge missing step. Like Mm -hmm. people really miss that. You know, it's like, they don't actually get to a point where they figure out what works for them because they're just so dependent on, you know, not trusting themselves and looking at someone else to tell them what to do. And I think that, yeah, I, t- I totally agree. Like, you know, 
like understanding how foods react in your body is so critical but but with that it's about then creating something that feels good for you and that's that's going to look different for for everyone and I think Mm -hmm. and I think that um yeah I you know I I hope that people really understand that message because I just see it so rampantly online you know like oh I can't eat that because it's not paleo or like is this food paleo and it's like really what you should be asking yourself is like how does this food feel in my body Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know how do I feel when I eat it how do I feel when I eat too much of it how do I feel when I just eat it a little bit like and then figure that out from there yeah. And I think it is important to start with something close to paleo because especially when you're trying to heal your relationship with food, because the more whole foods you're eating, the clearer the connection becomes between your body and the food you're eating. So those inner body cues get clearer and you're able to tune into them a little bit better. And from there, tuning into those inner body cues is what ultimately going to help you create that food routine and know how certain foods are really affecting you. Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if you don't understand kind of that, like, you know, sugar is going to make you want to eat more sugar, then Mm -hmm. it's, it is, you start to blame yourself and you think you're the crazy one when you're the one that can't stop eating sugar. But really it's like, no, that's what sugar does in your body. And it's, it's, it's important to recognize that when you're, when you're like, you know, quote unquote, eating what you want as well, because then, you know, if you did decide to eat the entire box of turtles, well, it's no surprise that you want to eat more <laughs> turtles the next day. Like, mm-hmm. but at least you can detach that and be like, no, that's just like the, phys- you know, that's just the physical reaction of like the box of turtles that I ate, but it's not a big deal. And I'll just kind of like, you know, eat some, I don't know, some veggies, like have a big salad for my lunch and then see how I feel and that'll probably go away. And that's how you can kind of manage that. At least that's how I sort of do it or that's what I teach too. Yeah. Yeah. You have to know, you have to take it away for a little to know how you feel without it so that you can make that informed choice and know how you like know how it really affects you. Totally. And it doesn't mean you can never have it again, but you can make that informed choice as to whether to eat it or not and how much to eat yeah you know how it affects you exactly exactly mm-hmm. yeah no and it's really important and, and that's about like tuning in too like I mean for me if I have too much gluten I feel really depressed and like emotionally depleted like it really really triggers that kind of psychological reaction in my brain mm-hmm. but I had to be really tuned in to figure that out like I really mm-hmm. had to notice the pattern because otherwise I would just pass it off as like a bad mood, but I had to notice that correlation. It's like literally make, you know, I feel like I have like raging PMS after I have too much Mm -hmm. gluten, but, and sometimes I'm just like, well, that's a sacrifice I'm going to make because my mother-in-law's banana chocolate cake is the best thing ever. But, um, but then it's also like, okay, the next couple of days I'm like, I know I'm going to feel crazy and (laughs) I have to deal with that. But, um, but uh, yeah, I don't like beat myself up. It's just like, well, I made that choice and now I'm moving on. <laughs> yeah. 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 Cool. Well, as we wrap things up here, the last question that I like to ask all of my guests is what is the most fearless thing you have done? Yeah, I was thinking about this because I, I couldn't really think of anything. And then I remembered that when I graduated from college, I moved from Vermont, where I grew up in the middle of nowhere, down a dirt road. I moved from a small town in Vermont all the way to Boston, 
without knowing anybody. So I moved like 300 miles away and I moved in with people I didn't know. And thinking back, I have no idea how how I did it or why I chose to, I think that was the most fearless thing I did was to just kind of move to a new place where I didn't know anybody and I'm still here and I've made a life here. So yeah, it was a good decision. Wow. But, yeah, yeah. That, that's a big one for sure. No, it's scary to move. I mean, I just moved across the country away from all my family and friends. Yeah. But I have my dogs and my mm-hmm. husband and I happen mm-hmm. to live next door to my cousin. So that's kind of cool too, but <laughs> not totally alone, <laughs> but yeah, no, that's scary to do that by yourself. Um, so yeah, like what's, um, like what's, what's going on for you? What do you, you know, where can people find you? Like what, how, how do you help people? What do you have going on? What do I have going on? Well, people can find me on my website slash blog for and on Facebook at, Facebook, is it a backslash Frisky Lemon? I don't know. For, forward slash it would be. Forward slash Frisky Lemon. Um, or just search Allison Nichols Frisky Lemon and join the Facebook page. I post daily affirmations on the Facebook page. I post all kinds of articles and blog posts and cool pictures. And it's a nice place to be. And everyone there is really, it's a nice supportive community that we've that we've built there. Um Right now I have going on, I just launched a new health coaching program called the Nutrition 360 Session. And this is a, it's a standalone session where we kind of go through what I like to call my five-phase evaluation process, process, where we talk about what you want your life to look like. Um, we get real, kind of getting getting um, getting real about your dirty dieting past and talk about your health history and what's going on for you right now. We talk about the now where you are in your health journey and what's going on. And then we work to come up with some really personalized recommendations to create your, what I like to call your, your name here diet. Mm-hmm. So like your Allison diet or your summer diet. Oh, that sounds really nice. The summer diet. You should, you should, you should make that a thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then we'll talk about navigating some bumps in the road. So it's kind of a, an all-encompassing session that usually is around 90 to 120 minutes. So like an hour and a half to two hours of going through everything to give you all the tools you need to really start on this journey to find food freedom and give you some more guided support to create your own food routine. Because I keep saying your own food routine and I just can't emphasize enough how important I think it is for you to really experiment with all kinds of different things to find a diet that really works for you. And it can be kind of weird when someone tells you, oh, you need to experiment because you don't know where to start. You don't know what that really means or what it will feel like when you found that food routine. So we talk about, you know, how to start experimenting and what your food routine will look like, how it will support your goals and make you feel so that's the Nutrition 360 program, cool. and you can find that on my website, briskylemon.com. Cool. And you have an ebook too, right? Yeah, I have a new ebook. Well, I have two ebooks. I have a new ebook called Frisky Lemon's Guide to Finding Food Freedom, which talks about how to find food freedom. So it gives you some steps to create a really a healthy relationship with food. So it, it goes into the that experimentation process and talks about where to start experimenting and gives you some tips and tricks. 
And that is also the link to that is on my website. And I also have another ebook called Brissy Lemons Paleo Sweets, which is a free ebook that has all kinds of delicious paleo, grain free, naturally sweetened treats in it. They're kind of the it's a compilation of the most popular sweet treats from my website. Are the chocolate coconut pecan muffins in there? Because that recipe is the best. <laughs> yeah, I love that recipe. I make that all the time. All the time. I swear. Uh, my husband and I love them, but they're so good. They're so good. Yeah. They're so good. That was a recipe. I, I created that based on a recipe my mom used to make when I was a kid. I think it was from the joy of baking. Mm-hmm. She used to make these banana walnut pecan chocolate chip muffins and they were always my favorite and like my birthday request was for her to make me those muffins so they're they're also my personal favorite muffin yeah those are those are something else I should um I should whip up some of those soon those Mm -hmm. are I haven't made them in a little while but um they're like my go-to like I want a chocolate chip muffin recipe (laughs) Mm um one have you tried the grain-free pecan pie bars uh no if you like pecan do you like pecans or pecans uh (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i do my husband especially loves like um like pecan pie type stuff okay um there's a grain-free pecan or pecan pie bar (laughs) recipe on my site right um i came up with it last year and it is so good. I won our CrossFit gym's potluck, like best dessert of the year award with oh, it. Nice. Um, They're so good. They've got two kinds of sugar in them. It's maple syrup and coconut palm sugar. So, you know, they're kind of walking that paleo, quote unquote, paleo line with sweeteners, but it's a treat. So they're, they're delicious. Yum. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to look those up. My husband will probably love them. So I should make those for him some at some point soon. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yum. All right. Well, uh, on that note, I'm like drooling. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for all of your time and insights. And hopefully people are like, you know, feeling a little bit more chill going into the holidays now. And definitely check out Allison at uh, friskylemon.com. And I will link to all of your stuff in the show notes. So thank you so much for being here. Great. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Have a great holiday season. Yeah, you too. Rock thank on. You. And I'll talk to you soon. Yeah. If you like what you've heard, please head to iTunes and leave me a review. I would be so grateful if you took two minutes to do that for me. And don't forget to head to summerinandin.com or summerthenutritionist.com to grab your free rule breakers guide to rocking your bod. Until next time, rock on.